You know, I think at the end of the day, it's really about taking care of yourself, taking care of the environment and and empowering yourself to feel better so you can be a better person. Hello, yogis, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dharma Talk. I'm your host, Henry Winslow, and this is episode number 51. This week, I interview my friend Katie Peets, the founder of a new company called Keats Co., which is changing the way people eat and the way people take care of themselves one bite at a time. Now, before I dive into the interview or even introduce the guest further, I have to give a big thank you and shout out to previous guest on this show, Jordan Lydia, for doing something that I did not even realize was possible, which was to set up a monthly recurring donation to Dharma Talk. Thank you so much. That is just amazing and makes me feel so good about what we are doing here together. You, Jordan, all of the other guests that have been on the show, and all of you listeners for tuning in and being a part of this collective consciousness that we're building together. So once again, thank you, Jordan, Lydia, for making a recurring donation to Dharma Talk. If anyone else would like to make a donation, either one-off or recurring, you can do that through the PayPal button on my website, henrywins.com. Okay. Now, about Katie. This episode is really cool because Katie is a friend of mine that I've gotten to know very well through practicing side-by-side over the years, and I've seen her build this new company, Keats Co., up from the ground to where it is now, and let me be the first to tell you that the product itself, these energy bites that she has made, are absolutely delicious and amazing fuel if you are someone who is physically active and doesn't want to feel bogged down or weighed down by a, a brick of some sort of other alternative energy source. It's light, but still delicious and still very energizing. And in this interview, she kind of takes us through the whole story of how she started as a renowned, published, and award-winning Michelin-starred pastry chef, but then hit a critical juncture where suddenly she could not justify continuing to do that anymore for her own personal health reasons. And she faced that through her yoga practice. So we're going to talk about that. We also talk about what it meant for her to create this company. So creating a brand and a brand that stands for taking care of yourself, body, mind, and spirit. And finally, we talk about how Katie is breaking the status quo in all sorts of different ways in the production of her company and the product to bring a new type of plant-based snack to a growing population of conscious consumers. Now, before we get into the interview, I do want to share that Katie has made a very generous offer to you, the Dharma Talk community. If you would like to order her Plant Bites online, which is a new option for her, um, she's taking orders online at keatsco.com. You can get 15% off your order by entering code DharmaTalk at checkout. Okay, so don't pass up that opportunity. I promise you will not be disappointed with these snacks. They're amazing. And with that being said, please stay tuned through these announcements and we'll dive into my interview with Katie Peets. 
This episode is brought to you in part by Yoga East Austin. By now, you've heard me mention something I'm really looking forward to, and that is the five-day RYT 50-hour Rocket Yoga Practice Intensive with Rocket Yoga pioneer David Kyle coming up April 24th to 28th at Yoga East Austin. I'm pumped to not only meet and learn about the Rocket Yoga system from legendary teacher David Kyle, but also to practice again in Austin, Texas. Austin is an amazing city, rich with weirdness, great food, extraordinarily nice people. Seriously, the people are just the friendliest there. Uh, Great yoga and fantastic spring weather. But aside from the beautiful city's backdrop, the host studio itself is a unique and special place where I actually taught some of my very first yoga classes. Since its inception, the founders have made it their top priority to seek out and host the very best teachers for workshops, events, and trainings. It's no coincidence that the teachers, staff, and students there are constantly yearning to learn more and progress in their practices. The unique combination of the city's childlike energy and the community's willingness to try something new makes for an amazing learning experience and an energy I can already feel from here. David Kyle has over 16 years of experience teaching Ashtanga and Rocket Yoga, learning the method from his mentor Larry Schultz, the founder of Rocket Yoga. Again, this training is from April 24th to 28th during perfect springtime Texas blue bonnet weather. For more info, go to yogaeastaustin.com slash rocket. Can't wait to see you all there. On my end, I have several workshops coming up. I hope that you can join me for some or all of them. In New York City, March 23rd to 24th, I'll be at Yoga to the People. On March 30th, I'll be at Three Jewels, also in New York City. April 6th and 7th, I'm going down to Miami for a weekend immersion at Original Hot Yoga 305 with my wife, Veronica Lombo. Then April 12th through 14th, I'll be teaching at Fuel Hot Yoga in Athens, Georgia. Finally, this is a ways out, but put it on your calendars. Veronica and I are teaching a weekend in Bucerias, Mexico, October 25th to 27th. The details for all of these events are on my website, henrywins.com slash events. So go there and sign up. What's your purpose? What's your vision? What mark will you leave on this planet long after you're gone? I'm Henry Winslow, and you're listening to Dharma Talk the only podcast where I interview inspirational yogis on how they're changing the world in their own unique ways. Whether you're still searching for your purpose or already walking the path, I hope these stories get you excited to live your Dharma. Hello, Dharma Talk community, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I'm interviewing my close friend, Katie Peets. Katie is an award-winning and published pastry chef, most notably from Roberta's and two Michelin-starred Blanca, and also Yogi, sometimes teacher, who is forging her path to create real, on-the-go food that empowers people to feel their best with her new company, Keats & Co. She just launched Plant Bites, energy bites made only with real plant-based foods and without preservatives, fillers, or refined sugars, as a vision of a better way to snack. And I will say my words here that I have sampled these products 
from their inception through the current iteration and they just keep getting better and better. And I'm really excited to talk to you about um, the the birth of this company and everything that you're doing, Katie. So welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of the show, so I'm so happy to be here. Um, and I'm and I'm also thankful that you tried every iteration of these bites, <laughs> that they're finally um, tasting really good. So that's great. Well, let's uh, let's dive into the interview with the first, the signature question. What does the word Dharma mean to you? And what is your Dharma as you understand it today? So if you ask me this question any on any given day, I'll probably give you a different answer. But and I would say that it's changed from hearing your your guests on your podcast, because I think everyone gives such a different answer that's pretty similar. But for me, I would say it's living your most authentic life and finding your purpose and making the world a better, more positive place through fulfilling your purpose. And I think ultimately it's living your highest vibration. Um, and then my dharma, oof, I think it's changing and developing day by day, but you know, food's been such a big part of my life and I've, I don't come from a cooking family, but I've always been drawn to the idea of food as nourishment, as community. Um, and so I think it's just continuing on that path and figuring out how to do that. But now it's definitely more geared towards understanding how food can make you as an individual a better happier person because food affects the way you feel the way you think um this mind body connection is so powerful and i think people are talking about it more now than they were even a few years ago so i think that my dharma is to help um facilitate that that's an awesome answer and i appreciate you um acknowledging all the the differences and the way that people have put their spins on the idea of dharma what I thought was unique and really cool about yours was um, the idea of following your purpose as a way to make the world a better place and contribute to to everyone's well-being. And, um, you know, I think this idea of tackling that issue from the perspective of what we put in our bodies is really powerful because, as you said, you know, you have food as something that's natural to you that you've always been gravitated toward but everybody eats you know and and what we put in our bodies absolutely affects our vibration if you want to call it that or the way that we show up in the world so why don't you tell us a little bit about um the inspiration for for keats and co so keats and co started honestly at the inception started when I met you, which was two summers ago during our 300 hour teacher training at Lighthouse Yoga School. And, you know, I had, I moved to New York about 10 years ago to go to culinary school and I was cooking regular, normal, savory food, happened to take over a pastry chef position in a growing restaurant and loved it. Oh my gosh. I loved creating desserts. I loved making ice cream. Um, I, I'm lucky because I've, I have good genes. I've always been healthy. I played college 
uh, Division One soccer. I've always loved running. I've been practicing yoga for maybe 15 years. So I've always been healthy enough to eat whatever I want, basically. And, um, and pastry, like I said, it was amazing. But it came to a point after a couple of years where I could definitely tell that my there was something going on in my body and I didn't know what it was. And it ended up being a gluten intolerance, which I feel like now is kind of just the umbrella to cover a lot of other deeper intolerances or maybe issues like just eating processed food is not good for you. White flour, not good for you. White sugar, no. Um, and my body just started to like say, what the fuck are you doing, basically? So I realized that, and um, Western doctors were telling me that I was fine, so I went to holistic doctors, and one in particular told me, just, you know, stop eating gluten and white sugar and see how you feel, and there was almost an immediate change, but in my mind, I was freaking out because I was a pastry chef, and I started to gear my desserts more to being gluten-free and containing less dairy and playing around with vegan ice creams and it was fun but I knew ultimately like this isn't what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life um I don't know what I'm supposed to do but I I left the restaurant world and continued to work in the food world in New York as in food media food styling I was a food editor for almost a year and loved it but I still felt like this isn't what I'm supposed to do and I, that was the hardest part because if you don't know what you're, what you're meant to be doing, it's, it's just tough to understand and to find that purpose. And, um, it just kind of sucks. And so I, yeah, that's when I really started to dive into yoga and just, I learned about, um, meditation and I learned how to meditate and I began to get these tools to kind of understand that maybe I just need to chill out and and breathe and listen to what's going on inside me and it was at that point where I was like I love cooking I love yoga I love helping people feel good and I have this knowledge now from taking care of my own body that if I can combine all these worlds into one and make it into my career how can I do that and Ultimately, it was through starting my own company um, and consumer package good, which is called CPG for short. That's technically what my company is. I had no idea what that world was about. I'm still finding, still figuring it out and navigating through it. Um, I honestly, sometimes I'm like, how did I end up <laughs> with a CPG? But, but like I said, and it comes back to my dharma is like so much so much food out there that's packaged is just even if it says it's a health bar it's processed food and I think it's part of what's making people sick and our healthcare systems broken our food systems broken and so if I could just get healthier accessible food out there and not even that but the knowledge of how to take care of yourself and how to recognize what you're eating um that's that would be amazing. And that's, so that's what I'm trying to do. That was a long answer. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I, that's the kind of answer that I, I like. I love these stories. I find them um, really much easier to, for everyone to, to resonate with. 
um, it's emotional and, and that's our experience, you know? Yeah. And I want to talk about all of those, um, those ideas that you've, the things that you've picked up from being immersed in the consumer packaged goods industry and, and your vision for how people can be more informed about their health. But first let's talk more about, about you because you, you spoke about kind of a, a juncture that you came across when you were working in pastry and it was everything that you knew and you were seeing a lot of success with that, you know, working at Blanca, an amazing restaurant in New York. Um, but meanwhile, you're learning all these things that really shake the core of your identity about the sustainability of what you were putting in your own body. So talk about that. And, and how did you use yoga to reconcile everything that was going on? Yoga was like, yoga's always been therapy. I mean, even when I started doing it in college and from the beginning, I'd always done hot yoga. And as a chef, oh my gosh, hot yoga was the best because it's the most detoxifying type of yoga. So I knew that if I went into a hot room, you know, I was going maybe five to six days a week. I knew that I would feel okay. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, yoga was just a place for me to process what was going on and, and also detox. Um, but ultimately it wasn't enough. And I think that when I was super shaken to my core, um, that's when I knew I needed more tools and, and that's where meditation came in, um, and a deeper practice, I guess a deeper meaning and other types of yoga outside of just the hot yoga to the 26 postures. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Like up until then you were using yoga as kind of like a fail safe to correct for exactly. things that you, you saw as being detrimental. And then <laughs> when that came to a head, it's like, okay, well, how can I lean more into this yoga to solve the problem at its source or, or to address it more directly? And you, you spoke earlier about um, part of the vision of your company is to address the growing mind-body connection at a societal level. Do you see your meditation practice as being a part of that or connected? Oh, huge. Um, a huge part. Uh, you know, because a lot of times where we just want to reach for a snack or like reach for something sweet, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely chemically related in your body and sugar is shown to be addictive, but it's also habit. And I think that meditation brings a sense of peace that you only can get through meditation. And so if you're focusing just on your breath and on calming yourself and on almost becoming empty, you lose, you lose that, that grabby, that grabbiness of wanting more, 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 and looking for a magic pill outside to cure everything. Um, and it's a, it's a daily struggle for sure. And it's not something that like, cool, you meditate, you got it. It's, you have to keep practicing it every single day. Mm -hmm. And I can tell when I don't, it's, it's always, I'm like all over the place and definitely wanting more of that, that like cookie at night and stuff. Um, yeah. 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 
no, I, I can definitely relate to that experience with meditation. It's like, this is here for you as a way, not just to replace our addictions. And, and I use addiction as kind of like a loose word, like including sugar and just things that we do habitually without thinking much. It's not just to replace those. It's actually to bring awareness to them and, and acknowledge yeah. them. Because as soon as you have that awareness, it's much easier to make an intentional choice around what you're doing. Right. So, that, so that's super cool. I, I, I love that that is something that you experienced and played a role in and you making a change in your life and and seeing um, your path forward and how you could change your identity or um, step into a new role for the way that you wanted to contribute to the world, as you said. How did you come up with the actual specific idea once you knew that this was something that you wanted to address? Like, how did you come up with the idea for the product? So I had been making my own energy bites. Um, that same summer that we did the train, I ran the New York City Marathon that fall. And a lot of a lot of the food for marathon runners is like, pretty sugary and I had run one marathon before and gotten sick from eating goo and not like crazy sick but just nauseous and and as a chef you're always thinking about how to make something I'm always thinking about food um and creating it and so yeah and I I've always been a on the go person and rely on little snacks throughout the day to keep me going. Um, and so I started making bites and bars, but bites were great because they're just so convenient. And if I wasn't very hungry, but I just needed something, you could pop one in. Or if I was hungrier and wasn't going to eat lunch until late or something, I, you know, I'd do one or two or three and I started sharing them with friends and people started asking me if they could buy them and that's when I thought okay I think I have something here mm -hmm. for the uninitiated what is what is it what are the bites and how are they different from the bars that are out there so the bites that I make are completely plant-based which a lot of bars out there have whey protein powder and I you know I think that People ask me all the time if I'm plant-based and I'm mostly plant-based, but I also don't really believe in labels because everybody's body is different. Everyone comes from a different culture. So I try not to touch too much on that aspect, but my bites are 100% plant-based. Um, I use dried fruits and seeds and superfood powders. And I only, I'm only sweetening them with, dried fruits so they contain no refined sugars and no processed ingredients and they're the perfect little size to just pop in your mouth on the go yeah i think that's like a really it seems like a simple thing but um it's really nice that they come as like three little spheres versus a bar mm -hmm. um because you can choose how much you want to eat I remember when you first came out with them and we were, or you were first testing them out and we were in the, in a training or something like we were doing something where we were doing yoga all the time. And 
it was like the best thing to be able to eat something so nutrient dense that gave you energy and fuel to carry on physically, but didn't like make you feel heavy. Right. And, you know, and that was my big thing is because so many bars and there's not as many bites in the market now, but so many bars have processed ingredients so they can sit on a shelf for like a year. And from a business standpoint, I understand it, but from a human standpoint, like it's just not good for you. And, and I knew that I wanted these to be little powerhouse bites. So yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty nutrient dense. I use raw pumpkin seeds and raw pumpkin seed butter and they keep you full and satisfied. And that's what I wanted. That's what I was looking for and I couldn't find. So um, I'm glad that you recognize that and that you like it for that reason. Yeah. And, and also more fundamentally, like the idea that you saw there was something that you wanted to have in your own life and it didn't exist. And also then it was validated when people started asking you if they could buy it. It's just like a good lesson for, I think, anyone who's starting up something entrepreneurial. Like those are key ideas that point to success down the road. You know, and I've been doing so many demos and a lot of them have been at yoga studios or more athletic type um, places. And I always ask people, do you buy energy bars? Do you buy energy bites? And I'm so surprised that so many people say no because they have too much sugar in them. And the fact that people, those people recognize that is awesome, but it's even better for me because there's this whole market of people that don't buy this stuff because they're, they already recognize that it's not good for them. So if I can, if I can create something that they will buy and that they are looking for, um, yeah, it does validate what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that just means that it becomes your, um, burden of, of duty to educate people about something being different and it not exactly. being just another product like the ones that exist out there. And I think that's a great segue into, um, my next kind of line of questions for you around what you've encountered with this new venture. Um, you, you spoke earlier about how, how little you knew about the consumer packaged goods industry getting into this. And perhaps if you had known, uh, you know, all the obstacles that lay ahead of you, maybe it would have stopped you from getting into it. But um, sometimes it's best just to only know the step in front of you because who knows oh what gosh. opportunities lie ahead. So what has that been like? What kind of, um, what challenges have you come up across? I think the biggest thing in the beginning was for me to wrap my head around how, like if I have a single product um, and it's being sold on a national level, how many of those are being produced and and can I even get there? Can I myself lead a business where I can produce? And I'm still still struggling with that, um, wrapping my head around how large of an operation this could be and and then the back end steps of getting that there. And I you know, I did study business in college and I have like I that was so long ago though. Um but all of the components around a business run running a business and a startup at that. And I'm one I have an amazing community of support, but I'm still one person doing this. And so it's wearing all the hats, the marketing hat. I'm setting up my 
set up my website never had really done that before and there's so many amazing tools out there now like this is the best time to be doing it but it's still learning a lot of different things and then understanding how to scale your product and do I build my own facility and get investment money because I don't have my that own money or do I go to a co-packer and if I go to a co-packer what's that going to look like where where are they going to be once it's in the co-packer and a co-packer is basically somebody that would make my bites for me once it once they manufacture them where is it being held for storage how does it get to the store so just the supply chain and understanding that it's it's um, and it's different for every company. No one has all the answers, so it's really just you just gotta figure it out on your own, I guess, <laughs> and talk to as many other people who have kind of done this to get some good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and um, to your point earlier, if you are breaking the mold in a certain way, for example, you know, not including all of these preservatives that prolong the shelf life that introduces new complications new questions to the whole supply train so you can't just follow the um the cookie cutter kind of template of of companies that you have to work with to make it happen exactly and i i didn't mention this and i i should have earlier but i do sell these bites as a refrigerated item because i'm not using preservatives they are technically shelf stable but seeds go rancid faster than even nuts. And because I'm using so many raw ingredients in order for them to stay fresh and to be bioavailable to your body, I, they, should be, um, they should be chilled as long as they can. So yeah, I'm definitely navigating that world of the cold supply chain. And um, you know, it's more expensive, but I, at the core, it's like, if this is what's healthier, if this is what's going to make you feel better, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And I think that's so important for anyone who has to face like all of these difficult decisions. And maybe, I don't know, difficult, maybe the wrong word, because it's not necessarily like shaking you to your core in the way that some of these identity like questions did earlier on, but it's, there's a lot to consider. What I think is so important to drive you forward and, and anyone else in your position is having a strong, like true North. And for yeah. you, I can tell it's like the integrity of the product. Like even if it's technically shelf stable for a longer period of time, you wouldn't want to compromise the the true benefit of your product because that's what's motivating you to do this is to get people into a better um, position to be able to feed their bodies with nutritional foods. And it's not about getting away with something or, you know, make making a profit necessarily. It's, it's about actually changing people's ideas. Right. Right. So yeah, it's doing that, but figuring out how to be a sustainable business at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It can't, it can't really be either or. Because if you're not a sustainable business, then it, it cuts the project short. Exactly. So what do you think, um, like, what do you see for the future of, of Keats & Co.? I would love to have a whole line. And that's what I plan on doing, a whole line of products. Um, I think that my bites are a pretty niche product. And people really 
people that get it love them. Um, people that are used to eating a lot of sugar sometimes don't love them, but I I want to create a brand that reflects this lifestyle of taking care of yourself and and as you know as a chef and always thinking about food I would love to have more more products down the line and all being the same of no refined sugars um, no preservatives being as as clean and as transparent as possible and I think that there's a demand for that and data is showing that there's a demand for that as well and people are getting smarter and um, people are realizing that what they eat affects how they feel. And yeah, so I think, so I'm excited about it. I agree with you. I think there is definitely a growing consciousness around the importance of, of food as not only being tied to your physical health, but being tied to your mental health and the way that you experience the world. I mean, it's definitely showed up in, in my life. You know, I, it's been six months since I converted to an all plant-based diet and it, it does. I mean, it's, it's not just a matter of feeling lighter or feeling stronger or weaker. And I didn't feel weaker after I switched, which was a big concern. I think that's just a myth, honestly. Um, but it's also like, you feel better about the choices that you're making because you can, you can stand behind them. Do you, I know you said earlier that you resist the labels um, attached to that. And I, I think they do carry some baggage, particularly when people get kind of vindictive or self-righteous about mm -hmm. um, certain choices. But who do you think that your brand is really <laughs> for, you know, like who are you hoping to serve? So something that I've come a word that I've come across um, upon starting this company is flexitarian, which sounds like I made it up, but I promise I did not. <laughs> Flexitarians are people that are mostly plant based, and if they're eating or if they're consuming um, animal based products, they're aware of where they're coming from. Um, you know try to be as environmentally conscious as possible when you're making this decision. But I always add this is that the fact that you, that we even have this choice is a privilege and it's not accessible to everybody. So that's a huge part of why I stay away from the, the deep conversation of it. Um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's really about, taking care of yourself, taking care of the environment and, and empowering yourself to feel better so you can be a better person. And I do truly believe that a plant-based diet is the best way to do that. Um, or at least mostly plant-based diet. Um, I think vegetables are so amazing and so good for you and they bring so much life and vitality um yeah so yeah i I'll, I'll say this about it you know i think that it's i agree with you i think the plant-based diet is is the best thing for most people's bodies definitely the best thing for the environment and then there's the whole issue of the 
ethical treatment of animals and, and all of this. And we don't need to get into all of that. But right. what's, what's important, I think, is that even if you do believe in any or all of those causes, the the answer is not to put people down for for not getting there. Like we have to respect everyone's process and to celebrate even a slight shift in that direction is still a good thing and worth worthwhile. So I I love this idea of the flexitarian. I think that's great. And um, honestly, by focusing on that segment of the of the market is going to be a prosperous decision for you as a business. And also it's it's a good idea because it actually moves the needle rather than just like speaking into our echo chamber of people who, you know, like the, the PETA followers, that's, that's not really that helpful. Right. So yeah, cool. Good for you. <laughs> and awesome for being six months, um, plant-based. Thanks. It's not that long in the grand scheme, but I feel really good about it. And it, at this point it does feel that it's definitely sustainable. Like six months is long enough to know that it's not just a blip. Right. Do you just want those Beyonce tickets? I don't know about that. What, <laughs> Did what are you, you hear talking about? about? That? No. What is this? She, Beyonce, Beyonce and Jay-Z announced that if people proclaimed they would go vegan for 30 or 40 days, she would give them free tickets or something. So there's all these funny memes about people trying to go plant-based. <laughs> okay. Well, it's been 30 days. How do I claim my tickets? <laughs> I'm not sure how it works. I didn't read into it deep. That's really funny. Uh, okay, so Katie, what's give us um, give us a call to action? You know what what's what have you got for um, the listeners of Dharma Talk, and how can they how can they start eating the plant bites? So you can find my plant bites online. I'm starting to ship nationally. If you're in the New York area, especially Brooklyn. And my, they're popping up in more and more yoga studios and coffee shops. And all the locations are on my website as well, www.keatsco.com. Um, but, you know, even at an easier level, start listening to your body and start paying attention to how you feel. And if you find yourself in these emotional ruts, I think look look to your diet first and try to um, change something there. And, and, you know, I'll just be here waiting for you to do that and able to give you a snack that'll help you uh, feel good and, and keep, keep on that path of feeling good. Nice. Yeah. Um, Apart from getting your message out on this podcast, what are you doing today to advance Keith and co and to live your Dharma? Today, oh my gosh, well, I'm constantly working on my website and editing it. Um, what? And then I'm running around to two different places to try to get my bites in those places. Um, but I'm also spending time with friends today. Man, how am I getting my dharma across? I think, I guess, just sharing my bites with people. And, you know, I, I walk into a lot of these uh, sales pitches, which sounds so businessy and, and weird, but I, I walk into these as an opportunity for me to share my vision of a better way of health and not necessarily 
push a sale on them. So I get excited about these. I feel like maybe that's a little part of sharing my dharma of just, well, you know, maybe if they're not going to sell them, they're at least, they at least get a taste them and mm-hmm. um, feel good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it goes back to that same balance that we touched on earlier. It's like, yeah, you have to keep a sustainable business, but sometimes the way to do that is not to focus on the bottom line so much. It's to focus on the the crux of, of what's at stake. And right. I, think, I think you've you've managed to do that despite all of the challenges, despite wearing all of the hats up to this point. And I'm I'm confident that you'll you'll keep doing that. You know, and and to add on that. I think that the people that I've met since doing this have been incredible. And I've met I've met more interesting people in the last year since working on this than almost <laughs> all my years in New York. And that's been so amazing and and great. Um, and somebody, I think it was, I was just at a event last week and I don't remember who said it, but they said people buy people invest in humans or people buy humans, they, the human experience, they don't buy products. And I just keep telling myself that. And if I can establish relationships with people and help them see what I'm trying to do and not just push this sale or this product on them, I, they respond to that a lot better because that's just what we, we just want the human connection. Yeah. Yeah, and sharing your story and and your why around everything, I think, goes a long way, which is why I'm so happy to be able to have this conversation and hopefully share your message with with a a new subset of people who could be interested in it. Um, Thank you. I, I really I really believe in what you're doing, and I love your product. I think it's delicious, and I have a bunch of them in my refrigerator right now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I support you a hundred percent. I think. Thank you. That means so, I mean, that means so much to hear it from you and from people at the studio and, and friends and strangers. It's like, that's what keeps me going. That's that encouragement means you have no idea. It means so much. (laughs) I think now is the perfect time to move into the final prana round of the interview so this is where i'm going to ask you six rapid fire questions and ask you to answer in minimum one word maximum one sentence okay katie all right all right in one word why do you practice yoga for my own sanity so i can be a better person (laughs) what is your favorite yoga pose and why oh this is a good one um I guess I like triangle right now a lot because I've noticed that I store so much stress in my hips and you get the twist, you get the stretch, you get the shoulder stretch, the hip stretch. Um, and then once you spine your legs, you just feel this empowerment. So I think I'm really into that pose right now. Yeah. Take that power. Take that power. And <laughs> exactly. <use it. laughs> What is the single best cue or piece of advice you've ever received from a teacher? And for you, I'll actually say you can answer with a single piece of advice that you've learned from one of these interesting people you've met along the way with your with your journey in, into CPG. Uh, the Mula Banda and Uriana Banda from Lighthouse. Uh, I was going to say, that, that, that was definitely from one of the food conventions, right? 
<laughs> yeah, no way. Um, no, but that that has changed my whole yoga practice and in turn has changed. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I had back problems before that, but I think understanding that affects your posture and then affects how you how you present yourself in the world, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been not from a not from a CPG uh, <laughs> life, but should but I answer the question from the CPG way too? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, I guess I I guess I'll go back to where to where I said uh, that people respond to the human connection and the story and they don't, they don't necessarily just buy products. I think that was a really helpful piece of advice. Oh, and um, I've been told this by both yoga teachers and by a business person is that everything you have really is inside you. It's, it's a lot of work to, to find it and to get it out. But you know, you have the tools, you just have to really work hard at finding them. Mm -hmm. Recommend one book, modern or ancient for our listeners. Right now I'm reading The Endless Practice by Mark Nepo. Nepo? I don't even know how to pronounce his last name right. Uh, He used to be a poet and now he, he writes these, I guess like I hate saying self-help books, but it's like a motivational book, but he is the most beautiful writer. And man, I've been reading this book for almost two months and I'm only on page like 38 because I just mark it up and reread passages. But um, yeah, I, I highly recommend that book. It's been, it's been really helpful to, to read that. Is yoga for everyone? Hell yes. Absolutely. Are um, Keats and Co. Yes. plant bites for everyone? Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> okay, and if lap- you think that they're too sweet, maybe you need to check on how much sugar you're eating and how you're feeling. You mean but if yes. they're not, not sweet enough? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if they think that they're not yeah. sweet enough. Okay. Last question. How can our audience get in touch with you and how can we support you in your dharma? Come say hi to me on, on social media. Um... I joke that I'm an, a millennial, but I'm digging into my true millennial to try to foster a community. Um, but also, yeah, if you're interested, just go to my website and you don't even have to buy anything, but just check out what I'm doing. Um, drop me an email. You can easily do that through my website. Drop me a DM. I think I just like hearing from people. Um and and meeting people and growing this community and growing this awareness and that website again is www.keatsco.com and you can also contact me at katie at keatsco.com and katie is k-a-t-y got it or on social which is keatsco awesome Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, making this product more about a product or less about a product and more about human experience and connection. Um, And thank you for uh, for being an amazing person, living your dharma. Really appreciate you. So thank you so much, Henry. I love what you're doing. And um, I'm so happy to be on this episode. Hey, Dharma Talk community. If you enjoyed this podcast and you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button right now. 
And if you'd like to show your support even more, leave me an honest review on iTunes or whatever podcast directory you listen on. You can also make a financial contribution to keep the show up and running, a donation at henrywins.com. And remember, I'm here to serve you. So if you have any questions or comments or ideas, you can always reach me on Instagram at henrywins. Otherwise, I'll speak to you next week. Keep living your dharma.